everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. My name is Ryan Burklow. And on today's episode, I've got a special guest. Uh, his name is William. He goes by Bill Hershey. Uh, he is a he, he runs a bookkeeping tax and really a cash flow advisory service. And his whole mission is really helping naturopathic doctors with their cash flows in their business to help them understand how to read those statements and how to look at those numbers so that you can have a successful business. And so I thought it'd be a really good idea to have him on the episode. So without further ado, here is my interview with Bill Hershey. Thank you. Bill, I so appreciate you joining us today. My pleasure. Great to be here with you, Ryan. So, so Bill and I met, I mean, it must be several months ago now uh, that we met. And I think we met, if I'm not mistaken, via, via LinkedIn, uh, of all places, uh, where, you know, we both found out that we work with naturopathic doctors and, you know, that we, we work with that, that integral health uh, professional. And we, we just got along, right? Our, our, our goal and our mission in both of our businesses is, is helping health professionals build a business that is financially successful so that they can live the life that they want. And, you know, for those of you who've been listening to that, to this episode or this, this podcast for a while, you know, that my whole mission is bringing in other professionals. So you can have like a coordinated attack on helping you build your business. And so Bill uh, is a bookkeeper and brings a whole, whole, like, a bunch of resources to his clients to help them understand cash flow statements and correlating that with balance sheets. Because let's just face it, as NDs, I don't think you're getting much training when it comes to that. You're getting training on how to be a doctor. And so um, that's the value you're, you're going to get out of, out of today's episode. So Bill, um, I'd love to start it off with, how did you start like working with naturopathic doctors? Like, Where did that come from? Yeah, it's a great question. There's definitely some history there. I'll try to keep that long story fairly abridged for <laughs> the purposes of, of our episode here. Um, I held, uh, you know, I have a long-held desire and ambition to be in the um, functional health space, and so for for over ten years, I'd been considering, you know, previous to my current career path, I'd considered going to naturopathic uh, medicine school. Uh, my parents are physicians and. You know, I saw from my early 20s when I started becoming vegetarian and becoming more informed in holistic ways of life um, that there was a better way to medicine. And I I never really had the ambition to become a doctor because I saw how hard that life was on my parents being hospital doctors. And uh, but when I saw that there was a better way, you know, of practicing medicine and that, you know, there's just such a demand in the world for this and it's just the awareness of this um, beautiful science is, is simply, uh, it's not as available as I felt it should be. And, and I feel that way still. So I just have a deep reverence for this art and science of integrative medicine. And I decided at a certain point, wow, I don't think I'm going to go to naturopathic school because that would take, you know, six years, some, you know, 200, 300K to invest in that. And I think I can help people now without having to wait. Um, you know, I, I ended up pursuing some other functional health trainings. In order to support that, I started a bookkeeping business. And 
I decided if I'm going to be doing bookkeeping, may as well help the people that are helping heal the world, right? So, uh, and because I wanted to be in the functional space myself at that time, Mm -hmm. I thought like, what a better way to learn that business than to help folks who are already doing it. And, you know, bookkeeping is actually um, a great way to really see into the skeletal structure and into the sinews of a business, really understanding it from the inside out. And, And it's been great, you know, working in that space and working with these folks, helping them be successful in their practices. Now, what I saw is that there's a a tremendous need for financial services within the functional health space that it's almost kind of like, you you know, you have superpowers and you got kryptonite, right? So the superpowers of the healers is like, they're doing amazing things to the world. They're helping people heal. But the kryptonite is that this isn't across the board. You know, so it's, it's hard to make any generalization, but a lot of uh, really intelligent, you know, science math, smart, um, you know, integrative health professionals, there's a thing with the financial piece. You know, there's, there's something there that there's maybe an aversion or a discomfort or a dissonance in some shape or form that makes it hard to really embrace the financial and the business aspects of running a practice. So I found like, wow, you know, I wanted to dial that in for myself because I carried a little bit of that aversion and avoidance. Uh, But also I felt like that was sort of a missing piece. You know, these folks need that in order to deliver their services successfully, sustainably to a wider audience in an effective, efficient way. So that ended up becoming kind of my unlikely calling. You know, this this sort of business aspect of helping other healers, um, I feel like it's a really natural uh, fit for my kind of constellation of skills and experience. Yeah, I mean, love what you just said. And, and to your point, I mean, just American general, we don't have to pick on naturopathic doctors, American general have this aversion to talking about yeah. money, right? Like this is, this is taboo. Um, you know, everyone has their own experience also growing up with money, right? Like I was talking yeah. to one naturopathic doctor just the other day, and she was telling me how she actually grew up with money. She had her own horse, but they weren't good with money. So they were mm-hmm. actually bringing up like, Hey, we, we can barely afford this horse. So make sure. And so it was always like, make sure blah, 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 blah. And so when she's talking to me, she's telling me this story about how she wants to own her own horse, but she doesn't want to have the, let's make sure I can afford it mentality. She wants to do the right, make the right financial decisions and own a horse when it makes sense for her. Right. So build that into the plan. And so when you combine what we learn as children, right, to what is being told in the media, to going to school to be a doctor, like, how does this all come together? It's no wonder that it's difficult to talk about it. Yeah, it's it's almost like one of these, you, you know, you use the word taboo, and it's it's almost harder to talk about this than other controversial subjects, really. And it's, it's very, it's, it's very intriguing to me. It's, it's an item of curiosity. It's like, why is that? Why? And I think that question of why, just that simple curiosity leads to a road of really getting to a place of understanding and alignment. So I I think that's a great starting point. Yeah. And it's funny. I just heard the other day, uh, there was some survey, I forget who did it, 
people would rather go see the dentist, nothing against dentists, by the way, <laughs> but I don't personally like going to see them as well. Nothing's more awkward than standing there with your mouth open and them trying to make you talk. It's weird, but <laughs> I'd rather go you see a it. dentist than talk to a financial advisor and talk about money. I'm just like, holy crap. Like that's why I'm on a mission to, to change that. And, and you're joining that. So that, that's awesome. You know, going into the, the bookkeeping side. So you, you, you decided to make that your calling and to help NDs with that. What, what are some experiences you've had? What are some common things that you see NDs do or maybe not do when it comes to mm. that, that side of the finances? Yeah. So, I mean, we're kind of touching on this major kind of like uh, amorphous, difficult to see thing that's in the air, the kind of elephant in the room, which is mindset. Mindset mm. is really um, the crucial, maybe, you know, the, the, the primary first step in terms of really, you know, developing a healthy business. It starts with mindset and the mindset of an entrepreneur is different than the mindset of a W-2 employee getting consistent salary and not having to worry about all these other aspects of running a business, right? It's a totally different ballgame. So um, developing an entrepreneurial mindset, I would say is key. It's primary, but then from there, really starting to um, embrace and embody the business and the finances um, through, um, you know, understanding cash flow, understanding, you know, your revenue in relationship with your expenses and in how that results in profit, um, you know, understanding your tax liabilities on top of that, understanding the money that you owe, if you have a loan or if you have student loans, you know, it's, it's complex. There, there are things that exist here that need to be accounted for in relationship with one another. Um, and it can be, you know, it kind of gets back to the mindset thing that, you know, if there is content, you know, if there is like, uh, you could say like disturbances in the force of our money story and our relationship with our money, our relationship with money, how we relate, it's worth taking the time to assess, address, and, and digest that content so that we can kind of like, it's, it's almost like we need to heal ourselves in our relationship with money to be in a clear, um, be able to make clear decisions and, and be able to even look at it clearly. Right. So the bookkeeping, you know, once somebody has that energetic foundation of really being in relate, right relationship with finances and with their business, um, and, and sometimes you just kind of have to work through it. You have to trudge through the swamp with your galoshes, right? A little bit sometimes. So it may not always be easy and comfortable, but really getting into the bookkeeping and starting to explore and understand, you know, your transactions, being able to look at a profit and loss or look at your, your detail reports to like really understand what's happening. And, and just, it's a level of awareness. Yeah. yeah so when they're looking at one of those statements, what are mm. takeaways that, that you see that often the ND is not seeing? So can yeah. you give an example? Yeah. So, well, you know, I think the biggest thing is I, I know some folks just don't want to see it. So they, they don't bury look. their head in the sand ostrich approach, right? Yeah. And, you know, I can relate 
you know, on I don't have it as I've been a bookkeeper for 17 years, so I don't have it with that, but I might have it with other things. And it's just like, sometimes it just uh, takes somebody kind of holding your hand and showing you, Hey, this, this isn't so bad. You know, we, we didn't have, our parents didn't go through a profit and loss and show us what that was, you know? So sure. it's like, and we didn't learn that in school and we didn't learn that in medical school. You know, if you went to medical school, I didn't go to medical school, but if you went to medical school, a lot of times they didn't show you that. So it, it helps to have somebody guide you. And when, when I'm actually going through like a profit and loss detail, a lot of times I'll find folks say like, Oh, I'm still paying for that. Or, Oh, why is that there? So that's really valuable. Um, another thing is just understanding, you know, if for sole proprietors, uh, this is a common error. The, so if, if you're an LLC, a single member LLC or, or an LLC with multiple members, um, your owner pay is not going to show up on your profit and loss statement. So your profit and loss statement might show like, oh, wow, we, we made this much money. We had this much expenses and we're, we're this much profit, right? We, we, we made $60,000 this year, but why is there more money in my bank account? That's kind of like one of these common questions that happens across a lot of businesses, actually. Mm-hmm. And in the answer to that is actually in the balance sheet a lot of times, because it's in the balance sheet that you see for, you know, if you're not paying yourself on payroll, you know, like if you're, I'm going to use these fancy terms, if you're an S corp or a corporation, um, then you'd be on payroll, right? But if you're not on payroll, you're going to be pulling out as owner draw or member distributions, or there's a few other names for that. That's going to show up on the balance sheet. So it's like, it's like you have to kind of like tie together the balance sheet to see like how much you're paying. And that's, that helps you, you know, you, you may be paying off loans. You may be buying large equipment. That might be other reasons why it's not showing up in your bank account. So I would say like, um, you know, this doesn't exactly address your question, but I would say finding somebody, uh, whether it's a bookkeeper or if you don't have the capacity to hire a bookkeeper, maybe just a bookkeeper trainer who can kind of check through your books and look at it with you and help you understand your reports or your accountant. That's all really key stuff. And it's, it's worth spending the money on that kind of thing. Like in, in business in general, part of an entrepreneurial mindset is realizing that we have to invest in this engine, this machine of our business in order for it to run well. So it, there's this principle of spending more to make more. And so it's spending money on having the help to understand your financial statements or, or even to make sure the data is recorded correctly. Um, that's going to help you navigate your business and make good business decisions. You're going to have an extra set of eyes. You're going to have an extra mind in the game with you to help you see things that you might not otherwise see. And, uh, and there's an element of synergy with that. And, you know, this is all going to sound maybe a little self-serving that, you know, I'm a bookkeeper accounting kind of guy seeing this kind of stuff, but, um, it's, it's really important because the reality is a lot of new businesses fail. You know, a lot of, we, we see the statistics like, you know, one in five businesses make it past the first couple of years. Right. And then by year 10, it's like, it's only one one twenty make it past that. So, you know, I don't enjoy citing those script statistics, but you know, th- that's what's at stake. You know, and we don't want to become one of those statistics. We want to mitigate those risks and empower ourselves as much as possible um, to avoid uh, 
what the most common problem of failure is, which is poor cash flow management. It's vital to know your numbers, right? Like, you know, as a, as a, as a brand new naturopathic doctor that's opening up your own practice, you have to market, right? So here's a here's an easy example. You have to market to let people know that you exist. Okay, so you choose whatever marketing platform that you use or whatever tactic or strategy that you want to use. If you don't track what money you spent and what money came in the door utilizing that strategy, how would you know to keep money there? Like maybe you have three different strategies. Two of them suck. One of them is really good, but you keep feeding all three. Right. Like that's an overly simplistic example, but that is, that's really the value of understanding your numbers or the cash flow. Yeah. Right. And that's where having to your point, having uh, an expert, uh, another person looking at those numbers with you and asking you questions because they might ask you a question and you'll go, Oh crap. I never thought of that. Like in the end, I think that's the biggest value that people in our, in the financial services industry, like if you're not saying as a client, if you're not saying, oh, I never thought of that, I would start to question the value of what that person is bringing you. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, it, it kind of comes back to this thing that, you know, you need to spend more to make more, but in order to know what's making more, you have to kind of measure that, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, as an entrepreneur, you have to you have to kind of dial it in. And it's it's not a lot different than, you know, being a naturopathic doctor and reading labs and seeing what's happening, tracking, you know, seeing where you've come from, seeing where you're at and seeing where you need for things to go. Right. And it's just a basic principle that what gets measured improves, right. Or at least you have the opportunity to improve that because like you're saying, you know, it's not just measuring it and, and tracking it, but it's the conversations that that opens up having those crucial conversations of what's going well, what's not going well, why is this like this, you know, like, so those questions, that's where the secret sauce is and having those relationships uh, with people who can talk about, you know, your business with you. Um, But yeah, so, so it's crucial, you know, it's, I think that's a really helpful model and analogy, just thinking of it like, yeah, it's like reading a lab report, but it's a little bit different. The underlying systems are a little bit different, but it's not that much different once you understand the systems. Yeah. So, so as you're working with naturopathic doctors and, and, you know, integrative medicine professionals, what, what are some common problems that you see when you're looking at their numbers? Gosh, yeah, there's there's a couple things. Um, one of the common issues, and a lot of times they're actually, co- they're pretty conscious of this, and that's why they end up coming to me sometimes, is they're not paying themselves enough. Mm. And they're simply not sure how to make their business work, right? So um, sometimes they're not sure how to compensate their team members or mm-hmm. you know other providers or even staff in a way that, works for them and is also in favor of the long-term health of the business. So being able to, you know, make decisions on that, it really requires going a little bit deeper with the numbers. And, uh, you know, one thing that I notice with a couple of my folks and, uh, you know, it's almost an emerging pattern that I see is sometimes we, we put a price on a service or, or a procedure without totally understanding 
what effect that has on the profitability of the business. So um, the, the key thing that over, gets overlooked with these is overhead. Overhead is often overlooked or poorly understood. So I'd like to offer for the audience here just sort of a very kind of quick and dirty, um, simplistic method of understanding overhead. And, and this can be a game changer for people. So if you can picture in your head or you can pull it up, you know, pause the recording, pull up the uh, profit and loss report by month. So you can see in columns your profit and loss for each month and take that. It's one way is to, you know, look at that and get a general idea of what your average profit, your average uh, expenses per month are. Or you could just do your profit and loss for the full year that has all the you know, all 12 months of the year, divide that by 12. So you get your average expenses per month, right? Then how many, um, where we're going with this is we want to find out that this is one of your key performance indicators. We call this a KPI. What is your overhead per office per hour? Once you have that, your overhead per office per hour in your clinic, that's what's going to be that's what's going to allow you to effectively determine how you need to price your services and how you're going to compensate your team members if you have other folks doing the work for you right it, it can also help you determine what you can actually uh, pull out of your business as owners pay uh, and you know there's th these are complex things that we're kind of having to map out verbally um picture says a thousand words but um you know, at some point, maybe I'll just do a video on this to show people because it's really important. Um, so basically, once you have your monthly overhead figure, let's say that's $5,000, right? So if you have your offices, let's say you're just a solo practitioner, you have a brick and mortar thing, you have one office, you're open five days a week, and you take, you, you work that office six hours a day. So what is that? Six per day times five days a week in just one office. So six times five times one. All right, math wizards here, that is 30. So you basically have 30 office hours, 30 office hour units per week, right? Hopefully we're not getting too not deep into the weeds here, but I think this is gonna be helpful for everybody. If we have um, on average, it's not exactly four weeks, per month. It's, it's really about on average about 4.3 weeks per month. So we'll multiply 30 uh, office hour units per week times 4.3. I'm going to pull out my calculator here. 4.3 times 30. So you got 129 office hour units per month. Now we take 5,000 and divide that by 129. That gives you $38 of over 38 points. So 38.75 actually. Um, that's your overhead per office hour unit. Now, when you're bringing another provider in, and let's say that they're um, they're charging, or it may be another provider, it may be a massage therapist, whoever it is. Um, if your clinic's working at capacity, uh, you're, you need to basically account for however much you're going to pay them 
So if they're getting $50 for each appointment and then you have to account for their overhead. So your overhead is 38. So that brings you to 88. You need to also factor in that the clinic probably needs to profit on top of that. So your minimum price, you'd only be breaking even if, even if you were working at full capacity and paying that guy $50 a month, um, you would only be breaking even if you charged $88 for each of those appointments. So if you're, if you're a massage therapist, you can't go lower than $88 an hour on those appointments, right? Now, let's think of this. So we, we're, we're, we're modeling that on 30 appointments per week. What if you're not at capacity? What if you're only getting 10 people per week, right? Then that overhead of $5,000 is not distributed over 120 nine appointments per month is distributed over what would that be a third of that a right? smaller portion yep and so you end up with three times the overhead per office hour visit if you're at a lower capacity so you're going to be more at around a hundred dollars per hour office hour unit if you're not if you're at a, a much lower capacity if, if you're at 33 percent capacity so that's that's the thought process there with understanding overhead I know we're getting deep into the weeds here. If, if, if that's kind of at all stressful for anybody, take a deep breath, you know, uh, put your feet on the ground, feel the, feel the ground, take a moment, do a body check-in. And yeah, so it, it could be a lot to swallow. And, and I find this, that can be a lot to swallow for somebody who's actually not taking to that account. It can be shocking to realize, wow, I'm actually hemorrhaging money by paying this provider this amount when I'm not even covering my overhead on that. Right. So, and that happens. So it's, but you know, if we realize there's a hemorrhage in the business or we realize that, Hey, there's a, there's a blockage of flow here. You know, the cash is not flowing because of this, this, and this, then if we're aware of the problem, we can begin to repair the problem. Yeah. I, I love doing that exercise, especially breaking it down by hour. Right. Cause it, it does well to get, to that hour number might be a little bit, a, a little bit of math there, but once you know that number, if you knew your number was 3875, right. Of overhead per hour, it makes it much easier to then know what to charge <laughs> so that, so you can at least break even. Right. But it also will help you understand, okay, if I'm paying this employee, like what's the value, right. It really has you think like a business owner, which the exercise is really, really good at doing. So Bill, appreciate you share, sharing that exercise. What I would challenge our listeners to do this, figure out what your hourly overhead cost is. So do that exercise. How much do we have in expenses over a 12 month period and, and do that exact exercise. And I think that would, that alone will have you think like a business owner that would challenge you what, what it is you're doing. So yeah. and if we have time for one more piece to add on to that, yeah. um, you know, it's a common mistake that folks will make like, wow, I'm, I'm not making enough money in my practice. I think I just need to hire more providers. And this can be a key mistake. If you got holes in your ship and you're not repairing that holes and you bring more weight on the ship, what happens, right? The ship's just going to sink that much faster. So this is why this piece is really crucial to understand before you expand, right? Yeah. Love it. Love it. So Bill, I'm worried at time here. I could, I could spend another hour with you here. I, I appreciate, I appreciate you being on. Um, what's the best way to get a hold of you if our listeners wanted to get a hold of you? 
I'm on LinkedIn. That's how we met. Uh, you know, I don't, I know not everybody's on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also reach out to me at uh, info at lifestream hyphen bewell.com. Um, I, I have a presence on Facebook and Instagram as well. Feel free to reach out to me there. And yeah, happy to have, uh, you know, just a complimentary 30 minute conversation with you if you want to chat. And I'm happy to, you know, maybe help you see things in your business that you'd like help seeing for yourself. Love it. And we'll put the, we'll put that in the show notes. So make sure you check out the show notes the way you get a hold of Bill. Bill, thank you again for your time. Appreciate everything you're doing. And on behalf of the naturopathic doctors, thank you for what you're doing for them. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. And awesome. uh, yeah, look forward to the next episode. Cool. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 15319412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699. CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2022-139964, expiration June 2024.